my friends. Pastor Daryl here. Welcome to Walk in Faith, Not in Fear with Pastor D. I want to thank you again for tuning in, kind of jumping on board and hanging out with me for a few. You know, I'm sitting here in the church in my office and uh, got a little office inside the sanctuary, my sanctuary in the sanctuary. I come in here periodically and go over some studies and put together podcasts so forth. And sitting here today and I pulled my Bible out and some notes fell out from uh, a sermon I did a few weeks ago, kind of some... Uh, points I hit on and stuff, and I was sitting there, and I re-looked at it and revisited it, and I thought we'd talk about it today, but before we do that, I would like to open in a word of prayer. Dear Lord God, again, I thank you. I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. I pray today that you could use me in a way that I may be effective for your kingdom work here on earth. I pray that the word or the, the notes or the, the speaking that is spoke today is heard of you and not of me. I pray that I might have the ability to reach out onto these airline or airwaves here today, Lord God, and touch but one person. I thank you for using me, and I pray you continue to use me, and I thank you for all you've done, you're doing, and what you will be doing through my life. I ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, like I said, I was just sitting in here going over some stuff. I'm, I actually come in today because I want to get early. We do a monthly uh, outreach inner city where we go. Like now, we're, we're in Monroe, and I did a lot of, I come from uh, Detroit Church for a while there. I was in Detroit working on the east side of Detroit, and I did a lot of outreach ministry down that way, and then I got some people here, and, and now that I'm a local pastor in Monroe in a little church, and they're like, well, why why do we always go to Detroit? Why don't we go to why don't we go to Toledo or something? Because there's a lot of areas in, in Toledo, which there are, there are, trust me. So I thought, well, all right, let's try that for a little while just to see what's going on, and it ain't that we don't do it in our own community, because I have some... Uh, people that's in the church here that's actually uh, doing local ministries on the streets here in Monroe. So we do do stuff here. Uh, Campments are hit away and they're not as predominant as they would be like the east side of Toledo or east side of Detroit or whatever. So we'll go down there and I guess you'd say we, I hate to say get the bang for our buck if you would, but when we ride into there we can find an area where there's a larger amount of people that we can minister to and help meet some needs. So that's kind of why we've been doing that. Well, to get back on track, what I started to talk about was uh, we actually are putting together uh, an outreach pack for this weekend. We'll be going down this, this coming Saturday, which is, what, the 24th, 25th, something like that. Um, I'm bad with dates, so forgive me. But uh, anyway, uh, we got a little backpack, and we uh, we take up a, a little uh, hygiene kit. We give them a, a hand lotion, lip balm, uh, hand warmers. Uh, we put together like a little first aid kit with a couple band-aids, backfiltration cream, alcohol wipes, Q-tips, just little things they can carry around in this little backpack. Plus we give them a set of, uh, a pair of gloves, a hat, and a, and a pair of uh, socks, uh, clean, fresh. And then uh, we uh, pack them a lunch. It's usually a peanut butter and jelly, something that can stay, you know, out of the weather, if you would, or not have to be refrigerated over a day or two if need be. And we... We pack them a lunch, and it's usually peanut butter jelly, and we make them some, uh, we take them some treats, uh, cupcakes, uh, snacks, crackers, whatever we have, wa- bottle, bottle waters, uh, and we put it all in the pack. This time we have combs, and we have uh, face masks for those that's out and feels the need with the COVID rise going up, or even if you're just cold outside with the face, you put it on it, that warm breath will help warm your face, you know, so... Uh, we just do little things like that, and then we go down in and just kind of hang out with them and talk with them and love on them and, uh, you know, maybe have lunch with them or just get to know some people. You let them know there's people in here or out here in the world that do care. And, 
that's kind of the gist of it. And I'll be honest with you, again, I know it sounds bad, but the main reason I do that is to teach our people in the church servanthood, how to go out into the community, how to love, how, how to get, take from self and give to others and stuff. So it, it's a it's a oper- opportunity, a ministry tool for me to uh, help grow uh, our people within the church by serving people outside the church, and that's what we're called to do. Well, anyway, that's where I wasn't even going that route, but I just, I'd say that because, hey, you know, there's a lot of need in, this, in, in our country, not just in our county in Monroe or in Toledo or in Detroit, or there's a lot of need in this country, and I, I, I ask you, you know, just take a minute every day, especially in the cold and the, 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 the nasty wind rains, whatever, and you see somebody standing there not knowing they're, don't judge them. We don't know their history. We don't know what they're going through. Just pray for them. Pray the Lord can help them, get them through whatever they're going through. And most of all, just pray that they come to and know the saving grace of Jesus Christ through everything and all. So uh, just pray for them. But anyway, I was in here today working on stuff like that, kind of get stuff organized. And I sit, out, sit down and pull my Bible out. I keep one of the Bibles here in my office. And I keep the one I work with and study with at home with me at all times. I don't want to leave it anywhere. So I had this one here and I set the notes, set my notes in it. And uh, this is a few weeks back because I don't use this Bible regularly. Like I said, I have my my little lifeline I carry with me. And uh, anyway, I opened it up today and these notes fell out of it as I picked it up. I thought, you know what? It was actually a good, it was actually a good, good talk. I thought, you know, let's talk about it because I think it affects a lot of us. Well, anyway, at the point in time, I was in First John chapter two, verses three, three through six. Let me read them to you, and I'm just going to hit you a few minutes here, some highlights. We're not doing a whole sermon. I ain't getting into everything. Just a couple of points we could talk about for a few and call it a day if we would. So, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and it goes like this. It says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word... Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. I don't think I really need to say much more on that. I think that's plenty of scripture that we can actually build off there and talk about for a little while. With that being said, after you heard what I read right now, well... Let me ask you a question. Let me, let me start with this. Have you ever done something, and I'm assuming I'm talking to a majority with children, but I, I ask you this. Have you ever done something and one of your children mimic you? He, he doesn't really know why he's mimicking you. He just seen you do it, and he wants to do as his father does. Now I say that to ask you this. Do you find yourself doing what your father your father in heaven has done so i'd like to ask you today or talk a little bit about today as far as uh, how you doing uh, with your walk how is your walk see you know you know verse three yeah, well i put it this way if you want to live as jesus lived we need to look back at verse three it says we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands Ooh, my friends understand we got to understand something here too this there's a big difference between Knowing about God and actually knowing God. You know, I 
Well, I talked about this uh, that day in a sermon. There, there was a book about, it was called Knowing God. It was uh, J.L. Packer, I think, was the, was the author. I, mean, I don't have that in front of me, and I'm sorry. I believe it was Dale Packer. One of his quotes was, uh, what were we made for? And it was to know God. And what aim should we have in our life? And again, to know God. And what is the eternal life that Jesus gives? And that, that's to know God. What is the best thing in life? To know God. What is what? What in humans gives God most pleasure? Knowing Himself, knowing God. So see, knowing God is more than knowing about Him. It's a matter of dealing with Him as He opens up to us, and are being dealt with by Him as He takes knowledge of us. Ah, you know what? I, I don't even want to go there because I think I just probably screwed up some people's minds here. Let me let me say it this way. Let's make it real easy. The test of whether or not we know God has more to do with our behavior than our belief. See, real deal Christianity is marked by the life of the Christian that is keeping his commandments. The emphasis on the phrase, if, if, if the, it's on the continual nature of the action, if you will. It's on our daily disciplined obedience. See, what John is saying here is we... We can know that we know God by our desire to grow in obedience. Whew, let's get real. If you truly know God, I'll be honest with you, then you, you should be growing in God. And my question is, are you growing? See, if we claim to be in the light, then we must do those things that, that are right. <laughs> we can know that we know if we do what he says we should do. I think that come out right. I hope so. See, Jesus, he, he very plainly said, it was actually in John 14, he says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Now, we know that we are to abide in him. See that in verse 5. Because we keep his word. See, in case you don't quite get this, John takes a less subtle approach in verse 4. He says, The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Wow, this verse is very emphatic, and it should make you do kind of a self-inventory, if you would. See, my guess is that none of us, none of us want to be labeled a liar. At least I don't. I would hope none of us would. This is similar to the teaching that, that's found in Titus, actually. You know, in Titus, I think it was... Chapter 1, verse 16, they claim to know God, but their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Wow. Now, 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 now we need to we, we kind of look at his word and his walk here. Now, that's another point, the walk. Uh, uh, Pere Pathio, I can't remember how it says it. I am so bad at this. Well, we know that we walk like him because we walk just as he walked. Understand. Now, John then switches back to the positive in verse 5. He says, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is made complete in him. See, when we obey him, God's love is unleashed in us. To say, to say it another way, God's love accomplishes its purpose in us. The word comes from the, uh, the same word that Jesus uttered on the cross when he said it is finished. And it, 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 mission's complete, paid in full. You know, I've been married 38 years. I talked about this, and I can read my wife like a book. When something isn't right, I see it in her demeanor, her posture, her attitude. 
what she says, how she says it. When, see, when you really love someone, when you've really been invested into someone, you know exactly what their words mean. John said, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Then John says that there is a reasonable expectation of God. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Ooh. See, John's telling us we have a serious obligation to the Lord. Now, 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 you know, think about maybe I need to read uh, from Romans 12. Actually, well, was it 12, 1 and 2? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Again, again, our reasonable service is to give him everything. We are in total sacrifice and surrender. If our lives are really sacrificed to him, then we, will, we have no rights. We have no rights. All we are and all we do is left up to him. Now that's biblical. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 6, I think it's verse 20, it says, For you were bought at a price, therefore glory, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hmm. This passage tells us that every person ought to walk like Jesus. He is to be a standard from which we are to all reach. Wow. See, every step we take should be patterned after him and after his walk. Just as Jesus was the manifestation of God to the world, we are be the manifestation of Jesus to this world. When, we, when, when, when they see us, they should see him. When we walk as he's walking, when we walk as he walked, they will see him. Now, please understand why I'm on this, I guess, talking about transformation here, and that's what I've been on. That's been my kick here in the last month or so at the church about seeing transfer, uh, trans, uh, transformation. I believe we're heading into the last moments of the last days. Now, this ain't a doom and gloom, and I ain't here to preach the end of the world and hell, fire, and damnation, nothing like that. But our attention needs to be more on what's going on in our heart than what's going on around us. Understand that. Nothing in this world is going to matter tomorrow, next day, two months from now, last week, whatever. It doesn't matter. If I'm walking right and I'm in the will of God, when the time comes, I'm going to be where I need to be. And I'm going to be in the, in the wonderful, glorious heavens with the Lord with his arms wrapped around me. So nothing else matters. Now, let me get back to this. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and, and did many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, huh, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, as tempting as it is to focus on, on, on revelation and the end times, with what we see rolling out in the current events, we must be prepared, if you would, and focused on, I guess you could say, I hate to use the word rapture, but for the, the, the calling out, how's that sound? Our attention needs to be more of what's going on in our hearts rather than what's going on around us. That's my whole point. 
Don't worry about your neighbor. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Get right today. It's real simple. We should be aware of the times that we are living in. in, And we are, actually, we are commanded to do so. Actually, Jeremiah 8, 7 says, Even the, the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times, and the turtle dove, the swift, and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my... But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. And then it actually, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 7, says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you hear that, my friends? Now, we must be aware of what is happening in our hearts. The question is, are, 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 are you, or, or maybe are you slipping away from God? See, don't forget the whole purpose of coming to Jesus and living for him is to be with him forever. I don't want anyone to miss out by take it that was important i don't i don't want anyone to miss out on that by being sidetracked with the cares of this life okay matthew 7 13 40 enter my narrow gate for the wide gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by this because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find that we must stay focused we must not be persuaded to move off the path of holiness and dedication to God. As believers, we are aware of our surroundings in these last days. I hope we are. All, everything that is happening is a reminder that we are getting closer to the coming of Christ. This is a reminder that we need to prepare for this next move. At any time, we can be called up if we would. Some, some many call it the rapture. I, I called up is what it actually states. Okay, we have to have our spiritual ears on full alert. What this means is we have to continue, or for some of us, my friends, this is important. Some of us, either we have to continue or to start to dive deep or deeper in the Word of God, seeking Jesus and listening for His voice in our life. We need to be prepared to give an account and defend the Word of God. You know, it was at First Peter three fifteen says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to uh, to everyone when, who asks the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear." We must also be prepared to give an account for ourselves. As Romans fourteen eleven and twelve says, "For it is written, as I lo- I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God." So each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Wow. Keeping on a straight path. Now, I'll tell you what, that involves, well, that involves you and I building up a strong spiritual foundation. Again, I, I, I go back to Matthew 7, uh, actually 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods come and the winds blew and 
beat on that house and it fell. And a great fall it was. My friends, I pray you are the wise man who built your house on the rock. A rock is a solid foundation that will keep you steady in time, uh, steady in the times of these life's turbulences that we hit. A solid rock is what our Christian walk should be based on. You know, 1 Samuel 2, 2 says, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. <laughs> and if I was to jump into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock. Wow. They followed them, and that rock was Christ. The rock is Jesus. Friends, please remember, very important, and if you take anything from today, I want you to take this with you. Your foundation that you build in this world, the foundation you are building now in this world, will determine where you spend eternity. Amen. Let me, I'm going to read you a couple quick quotes here or, or scriptures here, and then I'm going to close out. Revelation 22:14. it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter into the city by its gates. And in verse 15, it actually goes on. It says, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexual immorality and murders and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. And then if I was to jump back to Revelation 21, 27, it says, But there shall be no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen, my friends. Please take it to note. Please take to note what I spoke on today. Think about it. Build your life upon the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. Hey, bye for now.